previously on Dread and Breakfast. Welcome to the town of Spillman. Uh, playing Jonathan Spillman of the Spillman Spillmans. I'm sure you've heard of us. I'm Toast, the annoying 16-year-old. My name is Spencer, she, her, uh, with a focus on bugs. Ah, your grandpa Spillman passed away last night. Jonathan, do you think we can go see the old head frame while we're in Spillman? A head frame? It's me! It's me, your, your friend, Arthur McCouple. How very nice it is to meet a couple of new friends, too. Oh, my goodness. My name's Eloise, and I don't know, Jonathan. I think, I think we can all benefit from a good ghost story every now and again. And as the scent of cedar and strawberries fills you and overwhelms you, you are drawn towards one of the daguerreotypes. Its lips are moving behind you. had been fixed, fixated on this pinned specimen of the Spillman lunar moth, but your attention is fixed no longer. The pictures in front of you are moving, chanting, pleading. You are dizzied by the overwhelming scent of cedar and strawberries, and ringing in your ears is a chorus, a cacophony of voices of Spillman generations long dead, all telling you that there is something behind you. You turn, you scream, and you need to make me a poll. Oh! <laughs> right out the gate. Welcome Already? to episode two. Episode two. Here we go. Excellent. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. Oh, no. Mm, okay. Okay. Pretty good. Um, excellent. Thank you. So, Spencer, you turn around, and your scream is something primal, so like an involuntary shock, and you come face to face with one of the Spillman spiders. It is not even inches, it's half of a breath away from your face, dangling from a silken thread by the ceiling. When you move, it drops and lands on you and starts skittering on your shoulders, crawling swiftly up your neck, up your cheek, on your face, it's uh-huh. scuttling around. What do you do? I very carefully, with a flat palm, get it onto my hand so that I can, like, inspect it. I I think I'm very aware of I don't want it to bite me, and so I'm trying to be very, like, gentle with how I'm moving it off of my face and, like, onto the bookshelf. 
It's interesting that you say that because you know a lot about bugs. You have studied this type of thing extensively. This spider is not acting as you would expect it to. It is not frantically trying to find purpose. It is not trying to get away. This spider has intent. Oh. If you want to get it away from where it wants to go because it is trying to go somewhere on you. Oh. <laughs> you have to make me another pull. Oh god. Oh I'm no, sorry. What? No. <laughs> Are we in Australia all of a sudden? My goodness. <laughs> Maybe. As you're doing this, like you can feel like the tiny hair is just tickling the little corners of your face and just curling curling slowly up your shoulders and it gets into your hair at one point, just dancing across your skin. Uh, These tiny little feet. (laughs) uh, Excellent, thank you. I hate it. Spencer is like a little perturbed, but Christine is like (laughs) 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 With that successful pull, you have it on your hand. You have maybe a second before it will crawl back onto your face or will start trying to go down your arm. What do you do? I thwick my hand and get it onto the bookshelf. (laughs) Thwick? Is that a word? It is now. Flick. That's the word I'm looking for. (laughs) The spider got you. It took your vowels. Well, I was thinking of thwack. (laughs) I think Thwick is also a Spider-Man noise. Okay. Then is we'll it go all with, perfect? Then we'll go with it. It's perfect. Yeah. So you you Thwick the spider <laughs> and it you hit it and it instinctively curls up like in on itself as it hits the portrait of Ernest Spillman, the recently deceased oh. and kind of tumbles like a tumbleweed of legs and hair and spider carapace. How big is it? This one isn't that big. It might be the size of, like, your thumbnail. Oh, okay. So even if it did bite me, it wouldn't have a ton of poison in it. So, like, yeah, I'm not afraid of this thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't know anything else. <laughs> you watch it tumble down the bookshelf, and it kind of lands at one of the lower shelves and flips itself back onto its stomach legs the way it's supposed to be and <laughs> is going to try to dart off into the corner. Is there any like sort of cup around or like a candle or like something that I could like trap it underneath? Yeah, sure. There are definitely lots of candles in like candle holders that have not been lit yet for the ceremony, so you could use that if you would like. Like little tea candles in the little thing. Yes. Okay, so I dump yes. out the little candle and I try to catch the spider underneath one of the holders. This thing is fast, and it is faster than you. If you want to catch it, please make me a pull. Okay. I'm sorry you're pulling so much right in the first, like, five minutes. No, I'll do this. (laughs) Or you could just not. From the bottom. Excellent pro strategy. So, yeah, Spencer, you, you have caught so many bugs in your time. This is, like, a reflex for you. It is surprisingly difficult as the spider is kind of bobbing and weaving with a little more intelligence than you're used to. You crouch down on your knees and you spring at just the right moment and you slam this glass tea light holder on the spider and you watch as its legs skitter and scuttle trying to like dig under it getting out but it is trapped for now. As you do that, you see Donna running up from the basement stairs. She (laughs) has a bundle of blue striped napkins in her hand and she's also wielding 
a light up Santa Claus figure as a weapon, like one of those old like light up decorations yeah. from the sixties. Its cord is like trailing out of it like a tail. You get the sense that maybe this is the first thing nearest her when she heard you scream and rushed up to help. <laughs> Chose wherever you are in the house, you also heard your sister scream as well. I would also come running. Okay, perfect. So both of them come in. One of Jonathan's uncles also kind of peeks his head in. And Donna's like, oh my goodness, oh my goodness, are you okay? What do you need, Spencer? Sweetheart, what's wrong? Oh, I'm sorry, I got spooked by this spider. This is quite unlike anything that I've ever seen. I mean, I I know that they're found in this area, but I really, I've never gotten to see one this up close before. And I'm leaning down and like really inspecting it as it's crawling around on the inside of this candle holder. Donna's still holding the Santa Claus, like very suspicious. And she kind of raises an eyebrow at you and looks at the spider. Entomology is my passion. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, you don't need me to hit anything or anybody? I mean, are, are the spiders poisonous? Is this a concern? I mean, they're a little bit venomous, but one bite ain't going to put you in the ground. Uh, we try to kill them whenever we see them, though, but uh, you're, you're, you're good. It, it, was, it, was just, it was just the spider. I, uh, y- yeah, I think I'm like not keen to add any additional stress onto this person who's grieving by like talking about a hallucination I just had. <laughs> fair so i'm like yeah oh it was yeah just just the spider do you have like a tupperware or something i could put it in i i met this other guy earlier who seems to also be a bug person so like maybe oh god you met arthur oh poor thing yeah he's uh, an interesting guy interesting fellow oh all right well that's a relief i thought it was the ghosts and she takes the uh, the santa claus and just kind of goes to head downstairs the ghost. um 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 excuse me donna yeah. Say more about that right now. Oh, well, this whole town is haunted. J- Honey Bun- Jonathan, he-, he did tell you this place was haunted before you got here, didn't he? Uh, Jonathan, to- here, I will tell you everything Jonathan told me about this place right now. <laughs> Are you ready? <laughs> yeah, hit me. All right, and now we- I have told you everything that Jonathan <laughs> has told me about this place right now. Hey, I told you about the cool old mine eventually. Eventually, Jonathan, (laughs) but also you're not here to defend yourself. I'm going to drag you through the fucking mud. I mean, he told us that people around here don't take kindly to newcomers, but yeah, he didn't mention anything about hauntings. But I mean, that's probably just like old town lore, right? Oh, I mean... There's tons of stories and lots of folklore for sure, like all that witch stuff. But no, yeah, the town's haunted as hell. But listen, you try living in a house that's been in the family since the early 1900s. Some of them old Spillmans are hanging around here for sure. Yeah, let me let me put this back downstairs and I'll come up and tell you all about it. And she will just take the Santa and, and start going downstairs. In... The meantime, before she comes back, Toast, question for you. You had spent the last 10 minutes or so exploring the Spillman residence, correct? Yes. I have an offer for you. Ooh. You can 
make me a pull, and if you do so, you would have found something. Done. Where's my Within fucking reason? Do it. Yeah, do it. <laughs> Hell yeah. Because I'm curious too. <laughs> Within reason. You Within can't, reason? <laughs> you can't find like a big bazooka or something. You know what I mean? Embarrassing like... photos of Jonathan at the Christmas party. <laughs> <laughs> no, I have those. Certainly. This is fine. This is fine. Oh, this is fine. oh okay. It's fine. Nice. Okay. No problems. No problems. All right. Excellent. No Making some safer pulls. <laughs> I'm going to try to make people, other people, make the more dangerous pulls later this episode. I'm looking at you, Jacob. Jacob, I'm looking at you. <laughs> Look acknowledged. <laughs> but okay, Toast, yeah. What did you find? Hmm. Uh, a treasure map on the back of the Declaration <laughs> of Independence. I was going to say like a map. Oh. I want to find like an old timey map of the, the town Ooh. maybe. Ooh. Something that has like like secrets on it. Ooh. Ooh. You do find a map. It's not old timey. Like it's not it's, haunted. It's, that's for sure. It's not haunted. Oh, thank Christ. It. But it, it is like a more recent map, like all the landmarks that you passed line up with what you are seeing now. But someone has taken, it looks like red crayon, and made what looks like streets or connecting lines all over the map. The brightest one connects the hospital and the church, St. Felix's Church in like a kind of a straight path underneath it and someone has scribbled in catacombs and there are not like hundreds but a good number of these lines sprawled across the map most of which seem to be coming out of the old mine which means i could lead them back into perfect you can intuit what you want from that but i will say that you have that (laughs) oh shit (laughs) <laughs> I am exactly the kind of person that needs something like that in oh, my life. Hell shit. yes. Oh, Marissa, what have you just given him? Oh, my God. <laughs> hey, hey, Spencer. Yes? I'm still on the floor with the spiders. Oh, okay. yes. <laughs> uh, Spence, while you're there, I'm just going to step out and get some fresh air. Uh, Where are you going? I'm just, I just need a f- some fresh air. It's kind of stuffy in here. I look over at the open window. No, it's not. Well, uh, good luck holding your spider down. If you leave, it'll it'll probably get away from you. Bye. And you hear Donna, as you are saying that, come back up the stairs. It wasn't, she just like threw the Santa down somewhere. She didn't care. Um, <laughs> That's going to get her on the naughty list. Yeah, for real. <laughs> she's still holding the napkins and she's like, oh, okay. Uh, well, uh, hauntings and folklore, which, wh- what do you, what do you want to know? Do you, do you have questions? I mean, both. How how much time you got? I mean, <laughs> like fifteen minutes. <laughs> yeah, folks will be here in like ten. But uh, I mean, this house is haunted. How so? Like, what have you seen? Oh, I haven't. I haven't seen anything. But I've experienced stuff. You know, like the usual, like cold spots, smelling things. You know, smells. Smells are the big one. They're the they're the ghost way of like letting you know they're here. Sort of like an overlap, you know, like their being gets all mixed up in our being and they can sort of tell you stuff without telling you stuff, you know? Oh, Jesus. I sound like a crazy person, don't I? Yes. Well. But in a delightful (laughs) way. (laughs) Tell you things like messages or information. 
us sorta it's 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 not it's hard to put into words like, like it's like feelings feelings memories experiences it's just sort of like you know i could be standing here at the kitchen and i could be you know wondering what to cook for dinner i start smelling tobacco smoke and i get poof there's great great grandma mossy's cornbread recipe in my head just like that like i made it a thousand times huh damnedest thing i look back over to where the pictures are are they still moving no they are still okay interesting and does this kind of thing only happen in the house or does it happen elsewhere in town? Oh, boy. You'd probably have to ask Dorothy. She's lived here longer than I have. I've only experienced it in the house. But uh, I try my best not to bother them, the ghosts, at all. Listen, I love my in-laws. I really do. I just prefer to do my talking to the ones that are still breathing, you know? Fair. Fair. So ghosts talk to you through smell. When you say it like that, it sounds dumb. <laughs> I was going to say eccentric, but sure. Your words, not mine. <laughs> eccentric is the definition of Spillman, let me tell you right now. Spe- speaking of, the other thing that Johnny, Johnny... Johnny had to have told you the folklore about the witch, though, right? Like, that's like town legend 101. No! I didn't even know there was a witch until... Well, now let's get one thing straight. None of us actually believe that there's a witch running around town. That's nonsense. It's just a, a good bit of local superstition, a good scapegoat, you know? If you if your milk expires, ah, oh, the witch did it. She'll have her way. That type of stuff. Ghosts, though, they're around. So the witch is fake, but the ghosts are real. It, in my opinion. Look, it's it's like a... Like a childhood story. Ah, oh, hang on. Let me... I, I know this thing by heart. I just have to remember how it starts. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. So there once was a witch who lived in the wood who gobbled up children as fast as she could. Oh, God. She'd boil them in pots full of spiders and snakes till Old Man Spillman drowned her in the lake. Old Man Spillman, that's George Spillman, the original one, died in the early 1900s. The statue... Johnny showed you the statue, right? Yeah. yeah, did he drown someone in a lake? I mean, according to one story, he did, but there's there's another one. I think that said he actually stabbed her first with with his with his coldwood walking stick. I don't know. That was all years and years ago. But anyway, anyway, drowned her in the lake. We thought we were safe from that old crone, and for a time she left us alone. But the sound of a door stirred her awake, and that old witch still haunts this place. When the eighth moon hangs in a starless sky, she'll lure you out into the woods to die. So beware of spiders and the whispers that say the witch will always have her way. See, just a little bit of fun, you know? Some pretty dark fun. I mean, that's like Grimm's fairy tale stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, some pretty dark fun. (laughs) Well, I mean, honestly, now that I think about it, that might be why everybody tends to just kind of kill spiders the minute they see them. Hmm. What is the spider doing in the cup right now? And like, as she recites that poem. It had been trying to get out. Like, it is is very intentional on, I do not want to be under this stupid glass. I want to leave. Get me out of here. I have spider things to do. <laughs> and as she was saying the the folklore, it didn't calm down, but it almost paused to listen. It, especially at the end, the beware of spiders. It kind of like mm. tapped its little legs indignantly like, fuck you mean beware of spiders? <laughs> and as soon as she was done, it resumed trying to like 
claw its way out from under the glass and is not having much luck. I I still want to get a Tupperware to put this thing in. I don't want to let it go. Oh shit! Sure. Any, hey, I'll I'll run and grab you one. And uh, toast. Why don't you come help me in the kitchen anyway? I gotta get the butter salad on ice. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and this is this is what this is food. <laughs> With that, we will star wipe. <laughs> Over to Jonathan. Hooray! So, Jonathan, you are with your mom, Dorothy, uh, driving to pick up your grandpa Ernest's body for the wake. She is driving the old red minivan that your moms have had pretty much as long as you can remember. Dorothy's pretty focused on the road as you drive through town. She's been kind of stealing quick glances at you. And she's tapping her thumbs on the steering wheel in these nervous, sporadic little bursts. And she kind of steals another glance at you. And she says, Honey Bunch, you're looking, you're looking thinner. Are you eating enough? Do you want us to send you home with some butter salad or, or some, <laughs> some casserole? Are they feeding you enough? I mean, I'll never turn down a healthy helping of butter salad for sure. <laughs> Uh, but no, I'm doing fine. Uh, just, you know, working out and doing business stuff. It's been good. Yeah, how how is that? You you mentioned um, that, that your friend Spencer and, and, and you had a, a, a venture? I think that's what you said. You Ever since you were little, you've had words just coming out of your ears. I don't know where you learn them. I mean, like, books and stuff is... <laughs> If, I could bring you some if you'd like. Um, yeah, it's a, a, a bug repellent kind of thing, um, but it's like cool to the bugs and stuff, which sells now. So yeah, we're going <laughs> to give it a try uh, while we're here. You know, that's why I brought her up for, you know, business. And uh, yeah, that that's business. Speaking of business, by the way, my car, um, I've been meaning to say, is uh, stranded on the road into town. Could you call old Rusty or whoever it is with the town tow truck and have him bring it in and take a look at it? Oh, sure. Oh, that's right. You did You did mention that when you came in. Yeah, R- Rusty's still going strong. And, you know, he's he just turned 76 and he's still the best mechanic and... Well, the only mechanic we have, but sure, he might even be at the wake. I'm sure we could we could talk to him um, then. And she kind of trails off, and the two of you are stopped at a stoplight, and you watch as she kind of collects herself. Dorothy has always been empathetic to a fault, so these conversations have never been super easy for her. But she says, I'm, I'm sorry to pull you away from your friend's honey bunch, but... You know how this town gossips, and your mom and I wanted... We, we wanted to make sure you heard everything from us first about um, how your grandpa passed. Oh, I just... It sounded like it was pretty normal on the phone. I mean, he was old. It wasn't unexpected that it might be his time. I mean, he he was, you know, in his, his 80s, and he was pretty physically healthy, you know, as, as healthy as an 80-something could be, but he, um, your, your grandpa Ernest wasn't well towards 
the end. We started to notice a decline mentally. Uh, oh, about around this time last year, he started saying just the, the strangest things. Wow, I wish I, I didn't know. We, we didn't want to worry you, honey bunch. You've been so busy at school and with your, your business projects, and we thought it, it might upset you. He was, you know, fixating on those old stories, mostly about the witch in the woods, and he he kept saying the witch was responsible for what happened to Arthur McGupple at the festival last year, and something was wrong, and we needed to be on guard, and it was... We didn't want to put you through that, you know? We, we know how close you two were. Yeah, um, of course it was the witch stories that drove everybody crazy. Wait, Marissa, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, what? Wait, Marissa, what the fuck? You're not in the car. Okay, what but like, what the fuck? I don't know. Which isn't real. Furiously takes notes. Furiously <laughs> takes notes. Oh, I am scribbling, Christine. <laughs> you know, when, when people get in this stage of of dementia or whatever it is it's it's the old memories that last longer than the new ones and and the witch thing has been a family legend for generations he he just your grandpa ernest just became obsessed with finding the witch and protecting the town like like he thought our forefathers did and he he wanted to cancel the harvest festival this year he said it was another witching year, whatever that means, and he he burst into town hall and made this huge scene with Mayor Oakley about it. She was furious. I mean, that's pretty far gone, it sounds like. Um, the witching year? Was Mayor Oakley okay with this? How did she take it? Oh, I mean, I, n- none of us could really figure out what a witching year meant. Maybe maybe a story that his grandfather told him that he never got around to telling us. I don't know. Uh, Mayor Oakley was uh, unpleased. She's been really trying to promote the festival this year. She's she's been talking about bringing in uh, like a like an e journalist from from the Buzz Hub or or the the Post or something to to make it on some list. I I don't know. She's been trying to really promote publicity and new growth and you know, your grandpa was all about that too and for him to want to shut down the festival <sighs> things were just really hard. He wouldn't listen to any of us. He was just so focused, you know? I I see a lot of him in you, honey bunch. I really do. All I really know is he left the house on Monday saying something about going to confront the witch and Mayor Oakley and Mr. Bankerton found his body that afternoon. Fob's eyes just bugged out of his skull. And you're sure that was a, a, a W that he was saying on the way out? <laughs> oh, I I mean, I maybe? I I guess he could have been saying bitch, but... And you can see, like, her start to question every interaction she's had with her father over the last year and a half. Jacob. Jacob, this is your conscience. Your conscience is telling you to ask where the body was found. <laughs> that's, that's a good question that I would ask. Um, where, where did she find him? Um, he was up in the, in the old hoist house by the mine. 
Mayor Oakley and Mr. Bankerton, they've been trying to get it registered as a, one of the historic places, and they went up to do a, a survey or something, and by, by the time they found him, he was, he was already gone. Um, I don't, I don't even know how he died. Dr. Meredith, sorry, Dr. Meredith, Beth, not death, is, is supposed to be doing an autopsy, but I, I don't know if those results are in yet. I just, I think your grandpa's mind just cracked and, and his body gave up trying to hold it together. Oh. I'm so excited. I'm sorry, honey bunch. I know this is hard. I just, I, we wanted you to hear it from us and not, you know, Arthur saying some cryptic rhyme about it or Arnie, the yarny man or, or something, you know? Yeah, I appreciate that. Um, Found his body at the head house. Like, it kind of sounds like he fell or something. Did he, Or was it just, I mean, what happened? I don't know. Um, I don't know that I want to know, but you, you can ask Dr. Meredith, sorry, Dr. Meribeth, um, when we get to the hospital. Okay. Um, thanks for, for telling me. Um, I, I didn't know things had been so rough here the past couple of years. As she's driving, she takes one hand off the steering wheel and kind of reaches out and grabs yours and gives it a squeeze and she gives you this kind of brave little smile oh do we we don't ever want you to worry about us honey bunch you're out in the world doing such great things and making us all so so proud if if anything was was really wrong we we, we would have called you it's just this one was a little unexpected but your mom and i will do better next time i i love you I love you too, Mom. And the two of you lapse into a brief silence as your car pulls down the road and you start to approach Mountain View Hospital and Morgue. You pull around to the back where the mortuary is located. You see that the hearse is already parked outside for you, polished and gleaming and black. And Dr. Meredith is already outside as well. She is like a middle-aged woman. She has this absolute mop of curly, bright blue hair. She has these big glasses on, you know, like a doctor's coat. She's wearing only one earring, which is like a hoop with some sort of weird crystal hanging out of it. And she is crouched down with the biggest container of Morton salt that you've ever fucking seen. If there was a Costco in Spillman, she would have got it there. And she is very meticulously pouring it in a circle around the entire hospital grounds. She's almost finished the circle by this point. You can see where she started and she's trying to connect it. You actually see that like there's a slight indent in the ground where maybe she's done this before (laughs) and you both you know pull up. Okay. (laughs) Now Jacob process that. I love that you have filled this town with like absolute nutters. No, no, Jacob, I need you to process that. Here's a doctor, a, a, a person with a medical license, and they are pouring salt. Would it would it help you, Jonathan, if I told you that you remembered that Doctor Meredith, 
who the town affectionately calls Meredith, um, because she's the mortician also, um, never leaves the church grounds at all. Like she only she refuses to move past the hospital and the church and will never step foot outside of it. Would that help you make sense of this woman? I and give her credibility. Not even slightly, no. <laughs> Does she sleep in a coffin? Like <laughs> But uh, Dr. Meredith sees you um, as you approach, and she kind of waves to you very enthusiastically and <laughs> continues to finish her salt circle. No shame. And she says, oh, hi, Johnny. Nice to see you back in town. Um, the hearse is all packed. Ernest is in there, all strapped in, all good. Um, strapped in? <laughs> Buckled up, <laughs> buckled up for safety. Hers, <laughs> they 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 gotta strap that down. It'll be terrifying though. A body can't restrain itself. It would just be like flapping around. You don't want a flying corpse. <laughs> no, that's <laughs> into an accident. It's just a loose corpse hanging out in the back. You don't want that? No. Why not? <laughs> because weekend at Bernie's that shit. No. There's fluid and shit. The weekend at Spillman. <laughs> weekend at Spillman, yes. Okay. <laughs> we got to try to convince everyone that he's really still alive. Oh, no. Everyone who's come here for his funeral? Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's weekend at Bernie's, but in hard mode. It's a miracle. <laughs> Dr. Meredith did it. The salt worked. <laughs> it finally paid off. All hail Morton. <laughs> Okay, anyway, back to the conversation. Um, uh, hi, Dr. Uh, Meredith. I mean, Maribeth. Um, I'm actually going by Jonathan now. How's it going? I see you're up to your old tricks or something. Oh, Jonathan, very distinguished, very professional. That looks good on you. And, you know, yeah, harvest festival time. You can't be too careful. Heard a rumor about a witching year, you know, just trying to trying to keep things in line. But, oh, oh, wake starts soon, yeah? Mm, sorry that I won't be there, but... And she, like, pats down her doctor's coat and pulls out the keys to the hearse and kind of looks at you and you're like not quite on the hospital property line and kind of looks down at her feet and will just throw you the keys of the hearse. <laughs> Thank you, doctor. Um, witching gear, what is that even supposed to mean? I mean, that sounds like more towny nonsense. What? What is that? Your grandfather said it before he died. And, you know, I am a woman of preparedness, so... And she gestures at the salt around the hospital. <laughs> Figure this is a, a good staple, you know, keeps out the, the the energy, you know, never had a problem with it before. So uh, we'll see if it holds. <laughs> Christine and Bob are looking at me like I'm fucking insane, which no, is exactly think, the vibe that I, I was trying to capture. I don't think you're insane. I that think this good. doctor is insane. This doctor is <laughs> crazy a doctor named meredith you wouldn't trust I, I mean like name a name what's in a name the guy who took out my wisdom teeth was named dr blood he did a fine job <laughs> so you know <laughs> oh my he wasn't God. named doctor takes your teeth <laughs> <laughs> i'm so upset that i didn't stow away in the back of the car because toast would be having a field day but 
All, all this aside, Dorothy, who is still in the minivan, she's going to drive that back and let you drive the hearse because oh, that's not good for her anxiety. She doesn't want to haul around her father's corpse? That doesn't sound like a good time for her? Nope. Sure doesn't. But it's all strapped in. Yeah. <laughs> for safety. He's buckled in. The doctor checked. <laughs> But Dorothy rolls down the window and kind of waves at Meredith. Th- thank you so much. Um, we'll 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 write your name in the guest book. And Meredith is like, "Thanks, Dorothy. Thanks so much." Um, Jonathan, do you need anything else? Are you are you good? Do you have any questions? Maladies? You feeling okay? <laughs> I mean, I'm physically fine, thank you. Um, Mom was saying something about. An autopsy? Is that do we need to bring him back or do you already do that? Oh no. Um the the results of the toxology just came back uh this morning here and she uh kinda ducks inside for a brief minute and will come out with just a full briefcase that she will then throw across the hospital property line towards you. She makes it over the salt. Like she doesn't undo her handiwork because that would disrupt the ritual and she'd have to restart. This is insanity. And Jonathan, if you open the briefcase, you'll see it has like one manila folder in it with like (laughs) autopsy results and stuff like that. Cool. Thank you. Anything of note we should know about? I don't know how this normally goes with autopsies. Um, and she kind of looks at Dorothy and then looks at you. She's like, how about get through the wake? You know, get get through tonight. Process your grief. Give it a read. If you have questions, you know where to find me. My door's always open. Please knock first. You have my cell phone number, my office number. Anytime. Anytime. Jonathan, for you, anytime. Okay. Thank you. The cell phone, do you get a lot of service uh, up here? Good coverage when you're traveling? <laughs> you know... I don't really travel, but uh, <laughs> when I'm hooked up to the Wi-Fi calling in the hospital, works like a charm. Cool. That was my big joke, was <laughs> asking the person who never leaves about their cell phone. So, scene, I guess. That was a good big joke. <laughs> yeah, you you, you hop in the hearse. Um, you've never driven a hearse before, and I can only imagine. Really? I mean, have you? You can tell me. No, that was another joke. Oh. <laughs> I'm super funny today. Jonathan's never <laughs> driven the murder mobile before. So, Jonathan, you hop in the hearse, maybe a little bit uh, existentially strange to drive your grandfather's body home. Maybe very rewarding and fulfilling being able to, like, be, you know, an active part of the death process for someone you were so close to probably the first one that's fair but either way (laughs) you and dorothy make a little mini caravan back to the spillman residence you help your moms and your uncles kind of navigate the casket inside the house once you get there um it's on the little cart wheels thing that they have Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but it's a pretty tight squeeze through some of the house's narrow doorways but you manage to get it in Donna and Dorothy set it up in that large back family room. Light from the evening sun is filtering warm and golden onto the space. They open the casket, making sure everything is set while you reconvene with Spencer and Toast. 
Spencer, you did get a Tupperware. You got like a little mason jar and you just have a pet spider now. Excellent. (laughs) You can do with what you will. It's only really moments after they get the casket in that the first mourners start to arrive and they enter in waves throughout the night. Jonathan, you recognize many of them. Some are family, your uncle's partners, a good handful of cousins. Some of your like little nieces and nephews are running around the house, ob- oblivious to the somberness that the occasion demands. You also recognize many people from town. Almost everyone in Spillman has come to pay their respects. Some of the most notable attendees are Mayor Olivia Oakley. She is a professional-looking woman in her like late 30s. She's dressed in a very smart pantsuit and whose posture is faultless. She is talking to Dorothy in the corner with an earnest but very somber, very sad expression on her face. You also recognize Arnie the Yarny Guy, the owner of the yarn and craft store Knit Happens. He is talking with an older woman whose name you forget, but who you know is the current owner of the Broken Yolk Diner. She has brought some of the diner's signature chocolate orange peel muffins, and the two of them are trying in vain to find a spot to put them in the mountain of a spread that Donna has already prepared. You all also see Arthur McGuffel come in at one point. <laughs> He's put on yes. a clean white button-down shirt. Yes. <laughs> but- rhyme for me, you weird bard. Rhyme. <laughs> Sing to me the sweet songs. <laughs> He's changed his shirt and changed nothing else. Still in cargo <laughs> pants. Oh, yes. Still covered in dirt. I love him. Um, he does not have bug cages with him, so at least there is that. But I have a bug in a cage. You sure do. And... There is also a point in the evening when you all catch a little bit of a chill that turns smooth skin to goose flesh. Ah. A breeze blows in through the windows and it brings with it the smell of a summer storm. Could one of you please make me a poll? Done. Nominate Jacob. Oh. 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 (laughs) I also nominate Jacob. I second the nomination. Jacob, you have to. (laughs) Sorry, Jonathan. Fine. What if what if you died at your grandpa's wake? Yeah, how kind ch- of like that would be that's kind of badass. Poetically painful, I think. Oh yeah, you're. I feel like your family members would not really do very well with that. I mean, everyone's already assembled. Yeah, <laughs> just add another party. <laughs> we just strap him in. Nice, Jacob. Nice. Excellent. Oh yeah. So. You don't know when exactly she arrived. None of you saw her come in, but you see Eloise standing off to the side, her back against the wall. And as soon as you clock her, Jonathan, the rest of the house seems to as well. Not any of the living attendants, though. They're all engrossed with one another. Some of them, you know, might give her a smile or a nod, but she is staying pretty out of the way. Whatever entities or energies of long-dead Spillmans fill this house unseen, they see her. The mood shifts into something sour. Indignation. Fear. Rage. You get a faint hint of cedar and strawberries mixed with the smell of rain. And Jonathan, you know Eloise is unwanted here. But nevertheless, here she stands. 
So you all have the opportunity to socialize, to eat, to mourn. How do you all spend your time at the wake? I would like to find some expensive alcohol and pour one out for my homie. Um, they don't have alcohol set out. That's okay. I go to my backpack. Oh, shit. What's in the backpack? <laughs> what? Uh, I have a feeling Spencer's going to have a problem with this. Toast. Yes? What's in the backpack? Very expensive scotch from my parents' secret stash. And Spencer has a problem with this. <laughs> that you brought. <laughs> okay. You you do. You mm-hmm. have it. Mm-hmm. 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 Do you bring the whole bottle? Of course. Well, no. No. I do not want Spencer to know that I have this yet. <laughs> okay. So I, I take a glass upstairs. Okay. I pour myself what I think is a shot. It's like oh. a third of the glass. Um, <laughs> oh, my God. I am, again, not of age, so I do not know. You sweet 16-year-old. I pour, I pour a glass. I don't know. I, I guess I didn't think about the the uh, the dismount of yeah. where do I pour <laughs> one out for this homie. Do I pour it on him? Oh, come on. <laughs> would Toast think of the dismount? I don't think Toast would have thought of the dismount either. I think this is this is basically how Toast operates. I never think of the dismount. Hmm. I think I just take it maybe out to the backyard. Okay. I look at my red Solo cup, you know. Oh, Donna has put out, like, the nice glassware. Oh, okay. Like, that's this fine. is a good occasion. Okay, cool. I look at my, like, my crystal glass. And I, I swirl it around for a second, and then I take a sip, and I immediately spit it out because it tastes terrible to me. Icky. And then I pour it out, and I say, I don't know why you'd want this old man, but this seems like a thing people do sometimes. Ooh, I like I like this. I like this. Make me a pull. Ooh, what? Oh, that interesting. <laughs> There's Ooh. always a risk associated with... With when underage you... drinking, kids, don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> A risk associated with what? With uh, reaching out to the dead. Oh. Ooh. Ooh, good nice. pull, Fob. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy with it. So, yes. So, you pour out this whiskey. And as you said, like, to your uncultured 16-year-old palate, this tastes like shit. <laughs> and you you're you pour it out and you are smelling you know that very pungent smell of whiskey in the grass and as you're smelling it it kind of deepens as spencer experienced a little while ago it it, it transforms into something kind of beautiful like this the smell of cedar shavings and fresh bright strawberries it doesn't happen to you, right? You just instantly and instinctively remember in 0.2 seconds when you were a child back in the day, your own father with his rugged beard overall sitting outside on the porch on the Spillman Manor. He would sit there and drink shots of whiskey, one just one every night to close out the day and the two of you would look over the town that your family had built and watch the sunset together and you know that that is not your memory that is one of Ernest's from when he was your age and very quickly the scent leaves you it passes but you are left with 
that warm kind of afterglow of something very beautiful, something very intimate, and it is almost in a show of thanks. Huh. Okay. Ghosts. Well, if that happens when you pour out something disgusting, I wonder what happens when you pour out a Mountain Dew for the guy and I run to go uh, <laughs> grab a Dew. Mountain Dew. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> All right, Spencer and Jonathan, how do you spend the several hours of the week? Amid all of the happenings at the party, I think Spencer is really focused on trying to be there for Jonathan in like mm-hmm. little ways that he might need. I imagine this is probably a pretty overwhelming time. He's back home. Everybody so far has seemed to know him and now they're all congregating in one place. So I'm like checking in with him, like bringing him a plate of snacks, like seeing if he needs a refill on his drink, trying not to hover too much, but just trying to continually mm-hmm. like be there if he needs something. Yeah, I guess Jonathan's just, you know, milling through, making the obligatory small talk with people. Oh, actually, I'm going by Jonathan now 150 (laughs) times. (laughs) I guess the only person Jonathan would maybe be kind of glad to see would be Arnie, his old boss from Mm -hmm. his job through high school. We'd maybe spend, you know, a little extra time small talking about money and business stuff. Yes. How his business is doing. Oh, it's not good. <laughs> he'll, he'll tell you. And you knew working there in in high school, it's a it's a craft shop, like a very niche hobby craft shop in Spillman, where maybe like four people crochet. I feel like it's got to be full of old ladies. There's got to be like six oh, or seven. Yeah, but they do the old lady thing where as soon as there there's a sale, they buy 50 things of yarn and then don't need it anymore. So like he's kind of been struggling <laughs> to keep up business and he even like will ask you for advice of like, "Oh yeah, June, I just keep having these sales and then 6 months no one comes because I bought all my yarn and sourcing it's a nightmare." <laughs> I mean, you could not have sales. You've got a pretty captive market here. I mean, they're they're not going down the mountain for yarn. You they make them come to you. <laughs> I mean, but but I can't I can't I can't I can't I can't lose the Memorial Day bliss. I can't have them lose their Labor Day love for the sale. Yeah, I, I got that big Memorial Day sale banner like two years ago, and it's really brightened the place up. And I can't charge Gertrude full price. Man, she taught me in second grade. I just, I can't bring myself to do it. I mean, then I guess you won't bring yourself to a profit. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) Yeah, so you all kind of, you know, bounce around making small talk. At a certain point, Jonathan, the mayor does come up to you, Mayor Olivia Oakley. She, you know, has her blonde hair pulled back in a very, very tidy ponytail. You can tell that she is genuine but also has a little bit of a guard about her and very very like professional and she'll come up take your hand shake it in like both of hers Jonathan it is so good so good to see you back home I am so terribly sorry terribly sorry for your loss I can only imagine 
how hard this is. Yeah, thank you, Principal um, Olivia. I mean, <laughs> Madam Mayor <laughs> Olivia. It's um, weirdly kind of nice to be back. And she, you notice that she, all night you kind of notice it, and it's only when she's in front of you that you kind of like notice that you notice it you know what i mean is that she's just kind of been like scratching her ear throughout the night like not in like a gross way just like there is like something going on and so she will look a little distracted and and nod and she smiles your moms have been telling me that you are doing just great things great things out there i'm sure i can speak for all of us here in spillman that we are so very proud. So very proud of you. She's... Anybody notice that she's repeating stuff? Oh, that's because I based her speaking pattern on my boss, and she <laughs> does that shit all the time. <laughs> no other reason, certainly. <laughs> this isn't a clue. I thought that I just cracked a secret code. I was like, all right, let's see. It's every second thing she repeats, and I was like scribbling it down. I was No, it's that my it. boss is very eloquent and gives a lot of speeches. Sometimes when she's talking to a real human being, she slips into speech voice and t- <laughs> <laughs> like that. That's funny. Yeah, thank you. I mean, it's been um, really great to have some wider opportunities and get to spread my wings a little more. So uh, mom was telling me you and grandfather were kind of um, a little at odds at the end. And what what happened there? And you see her her professional mask kind of slips for a little bit and she gets you see her get a little uncomfortable. And she says, I, I am so sorry, so sorry for what your grandfather was, was going through at the end of his life. Um, we exchanged words, and he felt very strongly, very strongly that we should cancel the festival. And I, and I disagreed. Um, the festival is such a source of of joy and and revenue frankly for our town i'm <laughs> i'm hoping to seize that this year uh this year is going to be good and um unfortunately uh he he passed before we had a chance to further discuss she's the killer cover now <laughs> citizens arrest who's to say he was murdered Jump into some conclusions. Citizens arrest, Jonathan. Um, yeah, that's just so odd because he was always one of the few people in this town that was kind of pushing to grow things and like bring more people in for the festival. I can't imagine he would turn against it like that. I mean, what what happened to even get you to that place? It is a tragedy. A tragedy for us all. Um, if you'll excuse me, and you see her like ah! citizens arrest someone, ask else. her why she was at the head house. This bitch. She's walking away. Where were you at the head house, bitch? <laughs> she goes and talks to one of your uncles across the room. Is there anyone else that you would all like to talk to? Because there's a couple of people who might want to talk to you. Yeah, I'm pouring a Mountain Dew out in the backyard for for the old man to see <laughs> if I can get in touch with some ghosts that way. No, I'll say you 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 got your one, 
and if 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 Grandpa Ernest is indeed in the building, he is diverting his attention elsewhere at the moment. I think while Spencer sees that Jonathan is talking with the mayor, you know, everything seems to be going okay. I'm going to look around for Arthur McGuffle because oh, I you have <laughs> a bug that I want to talk to him about. Yes, Christine. Also, I just want to hear his beautiful rhymes. <laughs> Hang on. Let me boot up rhymezone.com. Let's drop some bars, <laughs> Arthur. Yeah, you, you find him. He is over by the food. He has a large helping of butter salad. And the food is positioned pretty close to the casket. <laughs> so he's just kind of hanging out over by a dead man eating butter salad. Yeah, <laughs> his, you know, his whole vibe As right one now. does. <laughs> I walk over. Hey, Arthur, right? He turns to you, cheeks full, swallows, <laughs> doesn't chew, just swallows. Oh, my God. And he says, oh, hello there. It's nice to see you again. I hope one day I might call you a friend. Oh, I think that day is today. <laughs> Listen, Arthur, uh, I know we're here for, like, the wake, I, but you're a bug person, right? Why, yes, yes, I am indeed. Part person, part bug. <laughs> I really like the ones that live in trees. Oh, me too. Absolutely. Like the deciduous especially is just a really interesting region for, for insects. But I wonder, do you, you probably know a lot about like the local insects, right? He nods. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> this is amazing. I'm like, okay. Stay right there. And I rush into the side room and I grab the mason jar with the spider in it and I bring it mm -hmm. back out to Arthur. What can you tell me about this specimen? He looks at it and immediately like is one delighted that you have given him a bug. No one has done this before. And he is just so unbelievably flattered and grateful that you have seen him in such a way. <laughs> oh, a Spillman spider. We have plenty of spiders here and they have a funny way of disappearing when you're not looking. Black and dark with a band of blue. Just don't let one bite you. Yeah. Are they poisonous? It won't kill you, if that's what you mean. Its toxins are more unseen. How so? Tell me more. Say more about that. <laughs> he thinks about it for a second. These days, there are lots of spiders around. The witch's spies know no bounds. The witch's spies? Is that, like, the colloquial term for them? <laughs> well... The witch, I, I, I know her well, that source of endless woe. She tried to kill me last year at the festival, you know. I, I... Wait. <laughs> Arthur, you buried the lead here, bud. <laughs> I, I can't say I knew that, um, the fairy tale tried to kill you? Uh, what do you, what do you mean by that? Oh, well... Of course the witch is real. I saw her true. I would have expected a more open mind in you. And he, he gives you like the, the disappointed teacher face. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, well, you know, scientific method. I'm very much a have to see it to believe it kind of person. Um, when you say that, like see it to believe it, he like spears another forkful of, of butter salad. Um 
because I guess you eat it with a fork, and kind of gestures over at the casket. And he says, well, he tried to cross the witch and wound up lying dead in a ditch. Arthur, that is so savage. <laughs> I look over at Jonathan and, and make sure that he's still like engrossed in conversation. And I pull Arthur away from them and I ask him, how did he die? He is munching on the salad as you're moving. So it takes him a couple chews to respond um, much to your anticipation. And he says, I think he was killed. I think he was filled with a poison, stinging and dark, that overwhelmed and stopped his heart. The same poison as the spider? No, you said the spiders aren't poisonous. What do the spiders do if they bite you? Well, they do have venom, just not enough to kill. It's kind of like taking a pill in the right dose not harmful at all but too much and you might just fall dead the witch uses them to get in your head and he like knocks on his skull a couple times so did the witch kill Ernest? I don't know but I think so you said that the witch tried to kill you? he nods very enthusiastically how? what happened? oh Christine (laughs) Oh, Christine. Arthur McGuffle puts down his salad. Oh, this is serious. (laughs) He looks at you and he says, like, very seriously, she did it, that old witch, but I outsmarted the bitch. Tried to kill me, she did. Held me down in the mud and tried her best to suck my blood. But I got away, fought, ran, left her behind, and sometimes I think I left my mind behind too she told me not to look when she took my blood but I didn't understand my mind was flooded with curiosity the door was open a crack and she told me not to look back and she tried she tried to seal it with blood again but I ran away before she could and then I looked I saw eternal damnation I saw with my very eyes the immolation and this makes bonkers crazy time yeah, sense yeah. to you. Spencer immediately is like, oh, okay, this guy has completely lost his marbles. And like <laughs> all of the information that she has received from him, she is now taking with like a giant handful of Morton salt. Sounds <laughs> about right. Yeah. So I think she would kind of nod at him and, uh-huh. Well, this has been most enlightening. Enjoy the rest of your butter salad. Oh, but before you travel far, can I keep this bug in a jar? And he holds up the spider in the mason jar. Sure. He looks so delighted (laughs) and will continue to do whatever Arthur McGupples do (laughs) while you leave. For all time. I'm going to go outside. (laughs) Perfect. It is a beautiful summer night. The air is warm, but not stifling. And you see your brother pouring out Mountain Dew. It's my third one. <laughs> oh my god! I'm I'm on I'm on half a can for me, half a can for them, kind of thing. Cause like <laughs> I need some for me. Hey Toast, what are you doing? Oh, uh, hey Spencer, um, I'm just pouring one out for my homies. <laughs> okay, that's the thing people do, right? I guess so. I how's um 
how's school and stuff? I've, it's good. Yeah. I mean, I'm like really excited for next year. It's like, I feel like I'm finally doing what I really want to do. Oh, nice. And it's exciting to be here. Like I've seen all these moths and stuff and to support, not, not excited to support Jonathan, but happy to be able to support him. So I'm, I'm sorry you got dragged along. I know that this place is probably kind of boring for you. Oh no, this is great. I'm having a great time. Oh yeah? Yeah. I guess it beats being stuck at home, you know? Had a minor hallucination, you know, good stuff. What? What? You had a, a hallucination? <laughs> I don't know what you're talking no, about. No, I, I had one too. What? What was yours? Bullshit. No, what was yours? I remembered something that I've never experienced before. Mine had something to do with like, I, I was smelling st- strawberries and they're my favorite, which is weird because oranges are my favorite. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, I don't, um, I don't really know how to explain it. It happened when I poured out alcohol. So I thought, well, you know. Where did you get alcohol? <laughs> I had it here. Who gave it to you? Oh, I just kind of grabbed one. But, <sighs> toast. Ugh. I wasn't drinking it. I poured okay. it out for my homie. Okay. All right, <laughs> let's just not do any more alcohol while we're here, okay? I mean, I didn't, I didn't have any. No, but you still shouldn't like hold it anyway regardless if you have any other like hallucinations or, and, and if i have any too like mm-hmm. let's tell each other like when it's happening and, like that's weird that we're both experiencing stuff yeah it might be ghosts I, I i couldn't tell you toast i feel like it probably is i don't know you get weird vibes hanging out in abandoned places sometimes you know and I kind of get some of those vibes here, except they're not, it, the, you know, this place like isn't abandoned. Mm. Hmm. But anyway, wait, okay, Spencer. Toast. Could you go get alcohol and we can pour it out and see if it works again? Uh, <laughs> um, maybe. For science? Maybe for science. And the two of you have this very, very heartwarming sibling discussion out on the back porch as you do Jonathan you are still inside you have just gotten done talking to Mayor Oakley you've kind of I mean I wasn't done but oh fair enough (laughs) Uh, well (laughs) you started talking about something that was uncomfortable for her (laughs) you try finding a corpse no it was her murder (laughs) of the old old man but you have found yourself kind of blissfully uh, in a corner away from most of the conversations. You are kind of watching everyone interact, everyone mingle, hearing snippets of stories that people are saying about your grandfather. Like, oh, do you remember that time that he built a roller coaster in the backyard? <laughs> oh, do you remember that time when he had the biggest clam bake this side of the mountain and just very (laughs) fun very joyous memories you know those mountain clam bakes (laughs) yeah it's (laughs) fine (laughs) anyway you're you're maybe enjoying a little bit of respite from all of the socializing but you do feel the presence of someone kind of come up next to you and you catch a quick scent of her perfume it's light delicate petrichor and rainfall and you see eloise 
she is looking as elegant as before in her gray dress. She gives you that very friendly smile and she says, How are you holding up? These things can be a lot, can't they? Yes, I'm fine. Um, Eleanor was it? The smile kind of tightens a little bit. It's Eloise. You know, your friend Spencer should have let the spider go. It's not very happy. I mean, she's got all kinds of bugs and stuff. She's a a bug scientist with bugs. Kind of needs them for science and stuff. Hmm. So she's smart. Well, if she's smart, she probably shouldn't trust everything Arthur McGupple says. You certainly don't, do you? I'm not even sure who I trust anymore. Well, do you trust me? I'm sorry, I barely know you. I don't... What would I trust you about? Why would I Mm. need to trust you? I think you and many people in this town might need me more than you think. We were talking about ghost stories earlier, weren't we? Indulge me, Jonathan. What do you think about ghosts? I mean, they're a goofy fairy tale for children, are they not? Hmm. I think maybe ghosts are more real than you think. I think maybe not all ghosts are as bad as people say. Maybe the dead are doing more for this godforsaken town than the living. And maybe the living should stay out of the way of things they don't understand. You're definitely from around here, aren't you? (laughs) (laughs) she just gives you a very wide smile and at that moment your mom dorothy kind of takes your arm and whispers something to you about coming up and sharing memories and excuses the both of you from eloise Dorothy kind of leads you over towards the little table that's set up as almost like a pulpit. And it's very, it's right next to your grandpa's casket. And she kind of hesitates and she's like, honey bunch, if, if you need a minute, um, you, you can have a minute. We'll, we won't get started until you're ready. And we'll kind of leave you in front of your grandfather. Jacob, press F to pay respects. <laughs> yeah, I, I press F, Excellent. first of all, for the cool meme. A dialogue box pops up. A dialogue tree pops up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's not really a lot to do or say. I mean, he's not there, but I take a moment to stand there and reflect on it all. In the casket, you look down. You see your grandpa, Ernest Spillman, surrounded by plush cream pillows and cloth. Your grandpa's eyes are closed. His hands are folded over one another atop his chest. He looks serene and peaceful, but flat. He's still. He's so still. Everything about the man that you remember was motion, a larger-than-life animation, and a swiftness. But now all of that is gone. He's dressed in one of his favorite suits, a dark brown tweed jacket with that salmon-colored tie that your grandma always said didn't match. Someone, (laughs) probably Dorothy, has tucked a little bit of lilac flowers into his breast pocket. 
and you are hit with that gentle waft of sweetness as you bend over him and you can almost smell cedar and strawberries. But before it completely washes over you, you you think for a second you saw his face twitch. Just a little twitch of the cheek. A little twitch of the lips. Please make me a pull. Marissa, what the fuck? Marissa, what the fuck? Is he not dead? No. Sometimes I think about things, and if they make me go, uh, I put it in dread. (laughs) Is Dr. Death just like a necromancer? Because that's like the most on-brand name. Nicely done, Jacob. Thank you. Yeah, it was an easy one, at least. Jonathan, you lean down closer towards the dead man, craning your ears against the sounds around you, shutting out the murmuring of mourners, and you lean in and you listen for a whisper for something. Your grandfather's mouth twitches again. Uh. And from between his lips, you see spiders. (gasps) Spiders begin to pour out a roiling black mound of twitching, hairy legs. The things skitter from between your grandfather's lips, a few coming out of his ears, and they start to scuttle down his chest within the casket. You feel sick. Your stomach is a churning vat of cold ice, and you stagger backwards. You trip on someone you don't see quite who and you fall. And you feel a sharp explosion of pain on the back of your head and vaguely you can hear the crashing of glass. Your mother's crying out. There is a throbbing pain in the back of your head. One that threatens to pull you into unconsciousness. And from your place on the floor, the world has been shifted sideways. You can feel scratchy soft carpet against your cheek. The sound around you becomes deafened, slipping away, and the edges of your vision are going dark. And you start to smell rain. You are surrounded by polished black shoes as your friends and family gather around you, rushing over to help you and... For a moment before those ankles crouch down and give way to faces, you see through them across the room, Eloise. She meets your eyes and she raises her fingers up to her lips to blow you a kiss. And when she moves them away, the facade of her impeccable red lipstick is gone, revealing a face framed with spiders crawling across pale, papery skin with marbled, dark, blotted veins. Her white lips tinged with blue, hair long and matted and dripping wet, spiders skittering in between the strands. Her eyes are fish's eyes, bulging and wide. Her hands a mass of waterlogged wrinkles, the skin threatening to slough off the fingertips like she's wearing gloves made of her own flesh. And in the center of her chest, you see a ragged, bloody hole. A gaping, red, sopping maw of skewered sinew and ripped gore. And Jonathan... You have seen the true face of the witch. She blows you that kiss. 
and in a blink, she's gone. What the fuck? <laughs> the image of the specter that haunts this town and her quiet laughter are the last things you remember before slipping into darkness. The sky stays gray for most of the next morning, the clouds layers of threadbare lace that form a curtain blocking out most of the sun. Jonathan, your fainting spell the night before, as Donna has called it, left you shaken but otherwise unharmed and your headache quickly subsided the next morning. A good night's sleep and some dandelion tea from Dorothy made you feel right as rain for the funeral. Eloise did not attend. The service for Ernest Spillman is a grand affair. Father Wolfram delivers a beautiful eulogy at the pulpit of St. Felix's Church. Dorothy and one of your uncles share readings that leave no eye safe from tears. The service ends and the church processes in vigil to the adjacent graveyard. You gather around the open mausoleum a towering thing made of smooth white stone with the Spillman name etched in deep. The people here don't bury their dead underground anymore. But that is a legend for another time. For now, we concern ourselves with the present. You all lay white roses atop the casket and you watch as it is brought into the dark waiting maw of the tomb. And Ernest Spillman, your grandfather, is at rest. The rest of the morning moves swiftly. There's a luncheon back at the Spillman home, complete with more butter salad and sandwiches than you can fathom. <laughs> the gathering is brief, as one occasion transitions smoothly into the preparation for another. Today is the day of the Harvest Festival. Town Square is buzzing with folks setting up booths and a small stage in front of City Hall across from the statue. You begin to smell funnel cakes and fryer grease and sweetly acrid smoke from barbecues. Spencer, Toast, Jonathan. You are caught at the epicenter, walking the tightrope line that spans sorrow and celebration. The festival begins at dinner time. Until then, the day is yours. What would you like to do? I immediately change out of this dress into something much more comfortable. <laughs> I'm perfectly comfortable in these formal clothes. <laughs> Jonathan lives in suits. Your business attire. I guess um, point of order before we get into the day proper. Do you all share your experiences at the wake with each other? Yeah, I think I'd share all that. I mean, I don't know how much I believe of having seen the witch. Like, I feel like that's, mm -hmm. I don't know. If I passed out anyway, it would probably all be hazy and mm -hmm. weird, and maybe it's uh, some sort of pre-unconsciousness dream, or, you know, like... It... Oh, wait, did no one else see the spiders? Ooh, that is an important question. Were those like a hallucination, or were those real? They were more concerned at seeing Jonathan fall. But no one else saw them, like, pouring out of a corpse. Jonathan was the only one in front of it. Everyone else was kind of directed elsewhere that's so fucked up 
but there were quite a few spiders found around the house after the fact. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely clocking that. Did we kill him? No. I think I was not planning on like telling Jonathan any of the weird shit until he started talking about like weird stuff that was happening and then I'm like very carefully trying to draw links in ways that seem productive but also aware that like you're grieving this is a lot also there are a lot of crazy people around but like something (laughs) is not right here and so like there's there's this tension between like I'm supposed to, I like want to help and not cause more emotional stress, but emotionally stressful things are happening. (laughs) I think if anyone asks me, I speak pretty openly about my experience at the wake. Yeah, yours was pretty chill. I was pretty chill. Jonathan, have you read the report, the autopsy report? I mean, the plan was to open it that night with my mom's, but... If I was unconscious or recovering from that, I guess. You wouldn't have been unconscious for like the whole night. It was more like you fell down, hit your head, and were out for maybe like a couple seconds. It just felt like a really long time. And as soon as that happened, of course, like your moms were like, oh my gosh, did you eat enough? Oh my gosh, come sit down and just went into like mom mode. So they, like you would have been up and at them. You would have just been like, oh, that was weird. Yeah. We'll say that then, yeah, we opened it last night, we found a quiet moment, and we opened it together. Yeah, you were all, we'll say, huddled around, you know, the dining room table with mugs of tea. There's a lot of, like, medical jargon, but after, you know, some Google searches and decoding, you get the gist that his cause of death was some sort of venom administered in a dose so concentrated that it like stopped his heart essentially which the doctor meredith would have done a like a tox screen and said like yeah this is like venom from the spillman spiders but like one spider should not have caused that amount of venom in him oh my god okay (laughs) whenever spencer learns this she's like oh my god arthur was right and you doubted him. I did. You- <laughs> I fucking did. He rattled off all kinds of nonsense. Of course I did. He doesn't sound like a sane man. So you all piece this together after the funeral. I imagine you cross-reference notes, you know, work some shit out. There's a lot going on in this sleepy little town. You do know that the Harvest Festival begins around dinner time. There's a parade. There's the main event of the festival, which is the drawing, for lack of a better term. And that happens like around, let's say like six or seven, um, and it's like two or three. So you have some time if you want to hang out or investigate or track people down to talk to, basically to do whatever. If that's the case, is that enough time for Toast to get an explore on at the uh, at the mine? Oh, yeah. Oh, certainly. Okay. Yeah, I mean, the mine sounded like a dumb idea yesterday. But <laughs> given, given the new information and that that's where they found my grandfather, I think, yeah, we should stop by. Okay. 
Do you um, want to take anything with you? My bug spray. Ooh. Oh, yes. So we do also still need to do our business venture of testing our bug spray. The real reason we came. <laughs> I forgot all about that shit. <laughs> I would definitely come with like a lot more of my like field work materials, things for observing and or collecting bugs. Obviously, bug spray and like bug bite medicine and like and i'm dressing like prepared to go out in the field perfect toast do you bring anything in particular i think a headlamp and my gopros all right yeah you brought those from home yeah (laughs) why not you never know (laughs) okay perfect yeah you have this conversation um you help you know your mom's clean up after the luncheon you debrief you pack up and you leave with a thousand promises that yes you will be there for the festival and you all follow door bar road it's that road that cuts straight through town Mm -hmm. and it dead ends at the mine hell yeah towards the road's end houses and like the residential areas become more spread out and more sparse and the incline up towards the mountains ignites small fires in your calves the mine is just at the edge of the mountains in the like outstretched arm of the forest. Ooh. Generations ago, this would have been an area booming with miner shacks and shanties and tents, but now nature has largely reclaimed it. Spencer, the bug life here explodes <laughs> the further you get out of town and into the forest. I've got like my head on a swivel for the spiders because like... They were all over the house. The stuff that Arthur said about the poison. Like, I am, in a way, almost more looking out for these spiders now than even the moth. Ooh, interesting. In some ways, you know what it feels like to be a moth being hunted by a spider. I mean, I guess so. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) You guys try out your bug spray while you're out here. You know, it's end of summer, so like Mosquito City, baby. Um, what does your bug spray look like? Do you have it in like an aerosol can or is it like a... Oh, no, no, no. Pump action only. No aerosol. Ah. <laughs> it's like the little thing that you press down the top when it has a spray yeah. and it goes like... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. What was that fully again? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you do. Make, make, you know what? Make me a pull. We'll see for the how, bug spray. <laughs> I, you can refuse it. This is like proof of concept. How good is your I bug mean, spray? At this point, I feel like there are larger fish to fry. Do you not believe in the product? No, I do, but I don't want to die for it. I don't think you'll die for it. But if I knock over the tower, I will. I, I don't. Know. Yeah, but I don't think I'm gonna pull for Jonathan, that. Jonathan, she's not gonna be a very good business partner if she's not willing to die for your business. Jonathan, you could pull instead if you would like. Oh, pull. Really? Okay. I mean, <laughs> your funeral. For the success of the business. Hell yeah. But that's not even... I'm... Some people compartmentalize. Did you forget why we came here? It was to verify that our yes, business Yes, some thing. developments have occurred, Jonathan. Jonathan, thank you for your successful pull. Yeah, your bug spray works really really well i think you wait to apply it until like you've reached a particularly thick area of the forest like pretty close towards the mine but you know you spray it spencer i assume you are the the test subject and it works like it is not as like chemically smelling as like your conventional off is 
and it's pretty safe for your skin. It feels kind of nice. And the bugs you notice do kind of start moving in a wider path around you and do not bother you. Does that include the spiders? I don't know, but... <laughs> I will I will say you do see some moths. A lot of them are kind of in uh, some like groups that are all uh, hanging out on some of the coalwood trees. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some sporadically through the forest. Um, you do see a couple of spiders, but interestingly, you always see them from afar. And if they see you see them they immediately kind of scuttle under leaves and kind of retreat a little bit you're not sure if it's from the bug spray or for a different reason either way i'm fine with that as you approach the mine as you get close uh which one of you is leading i will perfect make that me makes a sense oh, oh. <laughs> Well, that's what I get for saying words. You're never safe. <laughs> never safe. This is dread. Ooh. Okay. 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 All it's right. Fine. It's fine. It's 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 fine. I don't know how I feel anymore about anything, really. So I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> the ground is pretty uneven as you mm-hmm. get up here. Not the least because the coalwood trees have sprung up between the oaks and the spruces and their roots press up against the surface ground, making it like stagnant tides of a sea. You manage to keep your footing as you go, but every so often you're taken a little bit back at the terrain. If you didn't know any better, you would have imagined that the roots are like slithering or pulsing underneath you, but you all get to the old mine. I have tried so hard to do mining research, and I'm so sorry if I fuck it up, but <laughs> it's so cool. We're really popular in the mining demographic, so. <laughs> I got really into mining so much the last, like, two and a half weeks. <laughs> it's okay, I got really into mobs. <laughs> but so the the old mine, the head frame is the thing that towers above you. It is this huge infrastructure. It kind of looks like a skeleton with wooden posts and joints that tower up and it is also connected to a hoist house or a shaft house which is like a building that is made of like corrugated metal siding um, and it is pretty decently large like small house size and there are off to the side some remnants of disintegrating mining track there is a mine cart whose belly has nearly completely rusted out Jonathan, you would know and you would relay to your friends that the Spillman mine was a shaft mine. And so how that basically works is there is the head frame in the hoist house that underneath it runs a vertical mine shaft. There is a system of like cages and slips that hoist up and down workers and personnel and also materials. You basically go down the scary little elevator, go mine, and then come back up the scary little elevator. Why are we so fixated on scary elevators in this show? I don't know. (laughs) No one in our group has a fear of elevators. Shut the fuck. It's me. It's me this time. I'm in control. (laughs) Fuck you. This is where Marissa gets us back for her fear of elevators. (laughs) But so anyway, you are all, you know, beholding this mine. It's a really beautiful and fascinating piece of history, but it's always a little spooky when you see the remnants of a bygone era. The lives that were lived here are probably gone, but who's to say? What would you like to do? I mean, I want to 
I want to go down. I want to go. In, I want to get in that. No, we are not going down in the mine. Wait, what? Veto, veto. You are not going down in a mine. That was the whole point of coming here. Why <laughs> no, would we come? We were going to see the house, not go into the mine. What planet are you from, Toast? I mean, I think this one. You're going to go down that mine and get stuck and die down there. And then I'm going to have to tell mom and dad how I let you go down into an abandoned mine in Spillman. Spence. No, Spence. this is no. Spence. Spence. Don't Spence me. <laughs> this isn't my first abandoned mine. <gasps> no shit. Well, what? you know what? It's the first one that I've been at with you and you are not going in that mine. Okay. Okay. Then let's let's go into the house. That's where fine. You guys lead the way. I'll follow behind. Hold my hand. <laughs> I don't want, I'm not hold scared. Hold my hand. I'm not scared. Hold my hand. Jonathan, would you hold my sister's hand? She seems it's, to be scared no, and I skip no, off ahead. No. Oh my God. <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> so you, you all move into the hoist house and you are passing by numerous danger keep out, danger mine, danger falling signs that are all in various stages <laughs> of rusting over. Oh, no. The door to the hoist house and then the fence that had been built around the hoist house have long been dismantled by urban explorers or the more rambunctious townsfolk. Jonathan, when you were in high school, uh, one of the common dares would be to break into the hoist house and like bring back proof that you had been there. So they would steal from me. Yes. <laughs> well, okay. actually... Your family sold the mine very quietly to the Bankertons in, like, the late 50s. So they would steal what should be rightfully mine. Yes, correct. The Bankertons, point of order, were with Mayor Oakley when she found the body. What? Um, they, were, they were doing a survey trying to get it on the historic places list. This is another that, line oh. for my red string brigade. Ooh. Much of the interior of the hoist house has been stripped of its contents and graffiti splatters the metal walls and patches of out-of-place color. It is a skeleton of its former self. The wooden rafters are coated in cobwebs. Cobwebs are all over this place. In fact, the floor is just hard-packed dirt, but even there you can see in corners little patches of white spider silk. There are some gaps in the roof and in some of the siding. The gray afternoon light is filtering through in strips, and you can see particulates of dust and dirt floating in the sunbeams. Inside, you see the hoist, which is likely the original from the late 1800s, early 1900s. The closest thing that you can equate it to is an impossibly large spool of thread, but made of weathered metal and a thick metal cable. And you follow the end of that cable from the spool to the center of the room, where it is connected to a rectangular metal cage. More fences have been erected around the cage with even more warning signs. Um, the cage sits above the mine shaft, a vertical hole gouged deep into the earth beneath you, hundreds of feet down, maybe thousands. The center of the hoist house is a yawning, dark mouth waiting to swallow you whole. And Jonathan, this is where your grandfather died. 
there is no chalk outline <laughs> or anything like that, but you do see little areas of police tape that haven't been taken down yet over in, not like the center, more like in like the front corner. It looked like he walked in. You can see tons of footprints around in the dirt, not only your grandfather's, but police, probably Mayor Oakley, the Bankertons, whoever else was up here. There is not really any blood, just kind of like a patch in the dirt where it looks like someone had been lying for a little while. Cool. <laughs> I I want to go look at the the cable. I want to see how if it can be turned on. <laughs> okay. If it can be activated. I'm so. Uh... I'm just looking around. I'm just I'm just a little guy. Make me a pull. With pleasure. You're going to fall down a mine, and, and I'm going to have to explain it to everyone at home why you're stuck underground. You know that? You, hey, Spencer? Spencer? You know what that sounds like? Not my problem. <laughs> you, no. you are my problem. Right, just, huh? Bob. <laughs> it's fine. So are you just like, <laughs> do you have any experience with late 1800s mining equipment? Or are you just no. like pushing shit? Okay, I didn't think so. There's like some like levers and like a, some weird stuff going on. So you just start touching shit, yeah. right? And you hear a great groaning sound as the hoist begins to move. There is a long squeal of cable as metal screams as it is unwound. And the cage in the center starts to go down. I run and jump. No. Into the cage? No, no. Yeah. Oh. I oh. I would I would like full on like I'm not a sport person, but I would like full on football tackle yes. you to keep yes. you from doing that. Yes. Um <laughs> oh, oh Fab. Oh boy. I have um, broken the DM. Spencer, make me make 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 me a pull to to get toast. Because God, you you do want to get toast from from doing yeah. this. Apparently, okay. you want to stop well, me. I don't think you do. Oh, oh. Spend, I have never wanted someone to succeed on a pull more than in this exact moment. I have never life. wanted the tower to fall more. Fa- no, Fa- it's not falling what? today. I freaking like swipe you out of the air and tackle you to the ground. Do you fucking remember why you're here? To explore the mine? No. Jonathan's grandfather passed away, and we are here to try and find some more information about what the fuck is going on here. You are not going down in this mine. I thought I was here because mom and dad were gone, but that's fine. Yeah, you're a guest. You're supposed to stay out of people's hair and not cause trouble. Spencer, as you say, not cause trouble. Oh, no. The cable... (laughs) that had for decades been stagnant in this tightly wound curvature. As the cage is lowering further down, the metal screams and snaps. And you all hear the cage plummet. And it is a while before you hear the crash. It is a ghostly and disturbing sound. I think you just saved my life. This is the part where you say thank you. Toast. 
you're on the ground. And that's, that's where bugs live. Oh. Spencer, you watch a spider as it is crawling up from the ground and Toast, you can feel it. Like it almost feels like your hair as this thing is making a very quick beeline for your ear. I swipe at it. Make a pull. Okay. Ah. <laughs> Sorry. What? I I'm so, you're that's you're in you're in where the spiders ah. live. Oh, <laughs> Spencer. <sighs> yeah, I saved your life and now I'm going to kill you. <laughs> well. Um are you are you trying to protect the spider or are you just trying to get it away from him? I'm not, I don't want to, I'm not trying to like smash it, but I'm trying to flick it away. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. You do. And you do end up kind of smacking toast in the face. Oh, <laughs> that's fine. You swipe it so forcefully. You don't kill it, but you do watch as it kind of tumbles down into the mine shaft. I, yeah. <laughs> well, shit. Okay. Well, it can just like Spider-Man its way out I of there. I was just going to say, <laughs> thwip. <laughs> Jacob, yes, master of the callback. Whip, whip. When that happens, when you do send the spider skittering into the mine shaft, whipping into the mine shaft, the mood tenses a little bit. It's as if there was like a violin string being pulled taut inside your veins, and you realize that. You kind of feel watched in the corners where the cobwebs are. You start to see what almost look like long, narrow eyes light up in blue. Mm. It is the bioluminescence that the spiders have. And this place was pretty dim light. You have no trouble seeing now. We should go. We should go. Yeah, let's uh, leave. We need to get out of here right now. As you go to leave, I would like one more pull from someone. I'll do it. Yes. Johnny boy. Jonathan. <laughs> Jonathan. Pulled a run. Very appropriate. Come on, honey bunch. Just don't pull from the top. <laughs> I said don't pull from the top. No. I tried. Uh, you are all filled with this immediate tension and Spencer I think it has been perhaps a very long time and maybe even never that a bug has elicited this amount of trepidation in you yeah but you have realized now that these are not to be trifled with Jonathan you are leading you head towards the entrance to the hoist house and you pass kind of close by to where your grandfather had fallen and it is not subtle this time. The smell hits you all very hard, rushing into your nose, stinging and throbbing. Cedar, strawberries, and a profound anger. Immediately, you don't even break your stride as you run out of the hoist house, but in that split second, you are Ernest Spillman. You are yourself. You gain this flash into what occurred here. You remember as Ernest coming to the hoist house, trekking up the mountain, your bones aching, but fueled by such a purpose. You remember coming into the house, seeing the spiders waiting for him, watching. You remember crying out to them. Witch. <coughs> Witch. 
you can hear me. You remember chittering, skittering legs as an answer. You stand defiant, circling in this space, looking at these spiders, looking at the witch who is looking back at you through them. You know this as deeply as you know your own name. I'm not scared of you, and I know what you're doing. That boy, he talks in nothing but riddles now, but I think I've figured a few of them out. At the festival, the drawing, Arthur got away from you last year, didn't he? He escaped, so you'll try again this year, won't ya? Well, I won't let you. Whatever you do to them, I won't. I won't let you take another. Which? And you remember the swarm. You remember the feeling of so many legs. You remember falling, the weight of them impossibly heavy. You remember some of them crawling into your ears. You remember their bites stinging and absolute all across your body. You can feel them inching their way inside of your ears. You feel them crawling down your mouth, getting clogged in your throat. And you remember dying. You all rush out of the hoist house. Catching your breath, you look behind you, the glow of the spiders still poking out from between the doorway. And you hear fireworks. You hear music. You hear shouts and cheering. You look back down towards the town and you can see lights and color and life. Spillman's Harvest Festival is starting and the witch is waiting for you. Excellent. Oh, Marissa. Oh, Marissa. This episode of Tread and Breakfast brought to you by Arnie the Arnie Guy. (laughs) Stop on by for our Labor Day sale. (laughs) Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to Tread and Breakfast. And a big thank you to Mallory Swisher Crow for voicing Eloise. Uh, You can find links to all of her other projects in the episode notes. Our theme song this season is composed by Morgan Thomas Mills and samples music courtesy of the American Folklife Center, Library of Congress. Thank you, Mr. President. A full list of our sound credits and content warnings are also linked in the episode notes, along with a bunch of other fun stuff. Go look at it. It's delightful. Have you looked at it yet? It's great. Click on it. Are you driving? Don't look at it if you're driving. Oh my god, why are you touching your phone right now? You're driving. Stop it. Drive. <laughs> I'd also like to extend a big thank you to our friend Amber for creating our season two artwork. Holy shit, I love it. If you love Dread and Breakfast, the best way to help the show is to tell a friend about it, rate or review the show, and download the, uh, the whole episode catalog onto someone's phone. It's great it's just talking you just need to convince a stranger to let you hold maybe their most valuable possession do it to your grandma's phone they don't know what podcasts are i'm going to bet and won't know that this thing is just downloading onto their phone 
forever. That's a fun thing that maybe I did. Don't think about it. But y'all, I'm so excited because in two weeks, you get to hear the third part of this story. Will there be a part four? Will there be a part five? I don't know. I secretly know. But you'll get to find out. See you there. Bye.